God bless you and welcome to the Ambassador's Voice. I'm Pastor Michael Pedroso and on today's episode we will continue where we left off from the last week's discussion about the hidden practices of paganism within the celebration of Easter or as some believers call it Resurrection Day. Join Lady T and I as we cover the way of the heathen. Artemis, which was a warrior goddess. Now, all of these names that I'm reading are all the same goddess. It's just the different languages that the different cultures spoke in. They called this goddess within these names of their language. The next one is Ashtaroth, which is the plural form of of her name in Hebrew. And then you also have, and this is a reference to it in Jeremiah chapter seven, verses 17 and 18, the queen of heaven. And if you go to Jeremiah chapter seven, verses 17 and 18, you'll see in those chapters that it referenced this goddess. And then we have, and I may not be pronouncing this right, but Oster or Ostera. And when I say Oster, it's spelled E-O-S-T-R-E or Ostero, O-S-T-A-R-A, which this goddess is the same goddess that we've been talking about along with the other names. But this is the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring, the east, resurrection and rebirth is also the maiden aspect of the threefold goddess. She gave her name to the Christian festival of Easter, which is an older pagan festival appropriated by the church, whose timing is still dictated by the moon. Modern pagans celebrate her festival on the vernal equinox usually around March 21st, the first day of spring, as Ostera is goddess of the dawn, we can understand why sunrise services have always been an important aspect of the spring resurrection, rebirth observance of other cultures. I want to pause right there for a second. I'll just say, God help us. God save us. Because I know you heard in that with me saying that about sunrise services, because I know on Easter, there are a lot of churches that partake and have a sunrise service. But we can clearly see how this is all symbolic and related and is all surrounded around this pagan goddess, Ostera, Easter. Mm -hmm. Now, it also says here that. Pagan Anglo-Saxons made offerings of colored eggs to her at the vernal equinox. They placed them at graves especially, probably as a charm of rebirth. Egyptians and Greeks were also known to place eggs at grave sites. The goddess of fertility was also the goddess of grain. So offerings of bread and cakes were also made to her. And this is something here. And I want you to pay very close attention to this. Rabbits 
are sacred to Ostera, especially white rabbits. Now, what do you always see on TV as advertised during Easter? It's always a white rabbit. It's that that Cadbury. Yes. the bunny, right? Yes. Sometimes with the red eyes. Yeah. The one that lays, I guess she does the bark, 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 bark and lays an egg or something like that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. They know those that are putting it out there. They know what it represents. It's the people, the masses that are not aware. We are the ones that are not aware. We are the ones that were not made aware. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't dare make you aware of that you're not. paying homage to this goddess. Of course not. It's such a high modernized day in our world today. And it is commercialized. It's a really big commodity. Of course. Now, I wanna, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read this again because I want you to pay very close attention to this. It says rabbits are sacred to Ostera. Remember now, keep in mind, Ostera is Easter or Oster, however you choose to pronounce it. She's the queen of heaven. She's also Ashtaroth. She's also Artemis. She's also Aphrodite. And she's also Astarte. Now, it says rabbits are sacred to Ostera especially white rabbits and she was said to be able to take the form of a rabbit my god that sound like some witchcraft to me that sound like some sorcery some magic some magical stuff but not even that think about this now as we're celebrating easter and we're getting ready to do the easter egg hunt a lot of times we would have Somebody dress up in an Easter bunny costume and they would come out around the kids in this Easter bunny outfit. So this whole this whole time in celebrating Easter, which is supposed to be us celebrating the resurrection of Christ. We're in one hand celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And on the other hand, we're worshiping Ostera. God said he would have no other gods before him. So how are we going to worship one God and pay homage to another? All in the same token. All on the same day. All surrounding the same time. The same season. That this pagan God or goddess is to be worshipped. How do we do that? Keep in mind now, this is unknowingly. We did not know the simulation of the Easter bunny along with Ostera, this sexual love goddess, this warrior goddess, this queen of heaven, as they said in Jeremiah, as it's referenced in Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 17 through 18. Unknowingly, we are worshiping or honoring However you choose to say it, worshiping, honoring, paying homage, whatever it is, it's all being directed to this Easter bunny, which if you read here, it says that she's able to transform herself into a bunny or a rabbit. So we're giving homage, paying homage, honoring this goddess without even knowing it. And every year 
we've been doing this. Now, I can say when we were coming up, we may not have had access to this type of information so easily. Because I know a lot of times when we had to do research on something or we had to do book reports or whatever it may have been, we had to go to the library. If we didn't have those books at home, if we didn't have encyclopedias, dictionaries, all of those different things at home, we had to get up, go to the library and find these books and do our book reports and do research. So a lot of times we did not go and research stuff like this. So the question is, how many pastors really knew about this information? How many pastors know about this information now today that they're willing to get up before their congregation and repent before the congregation if they find this information out and say, I am wrong and I have been wrong because I have been allowing you guys to do this, to give honor to a false God or another God. Well, you come from that perspective of pastors and leaders not knowing, but I would say many of them do know, but they uphold the truth and unrighteousness. That's what the word says. And I believe what the word says, because in so many instances, many of the pastors and leaders, evangelists, teachers, apostles, prophets, prophetess, those that are really big on titles. Mm -hmm. I am led to believe that many of them are aware, but because of that day being such a highly commercialized day or time or season or the week leading up to, because you have the good Friday, you know, and all those other things, you know, they're looking forward to that. They know that, uh, you know, many people may not go or come to church Throughout the whole entire year, but they'll come in on Resurrection Day or mm-hmm. Easter Day. They'll come into the church. They know that they're going to get a, a large collection that day. Mm-hmm. So they're going to keep those doors open and they're not going to give the people the truth because many of them have a, what they call in the Bible a filthy Lucas spirit. It's all about money for them. It's about merchandising God's people. Let's just be honest. So so let me ask you this then. Do you think, or what you're saying is, or do you think that a pastor who said that they're a servant of Christ, who is a mouthpiece for Christ, who is a leader, someone that the members look up to, someone that the people in the church look to as Basically, the one who's next to God that can reach God and reach heaven for them if they themselves in their spiritual life or their spiritual state can't reach reach God because they may feel like they can't pray like pastor prays or they can't speak the word like pastor speak the word or whatever the case may be. Are you saying that pastor is withholding this information purposely? Many of them are. Many of them are withholding this information. And they're hoping that the people don't go and do their research. They're hoping that the people don't go and search these things out to see exactly why we're celebrating and how and how is it relatable or non-relatable to the resurrection of Christ. All of this stuff is not relatable to the resurrection of Christ. Every bit of it. And God mm-hmm. calls it an abomination. Yeah. That's exactly we, we what it is. That. We read that. The real question is, is once we come to the knowledge of the truth, 
will we continue in a lie? Will we continue to embrace falsehood? Or will we come out and separate ourselves? Will we teach our children? Will we be the men and women of God have called us and chose us to in teaching our children according to what the word says and not what, what man says? All of this is man's tradition. It was man that implemented these things. It is man that implemented these days and times and seasons that we are all guilty of observing. That is true. However, once we come to the knowledge of the truth, it is imperative that we begin to make a change and that we start with that change within us, within our hearts, within our home. And yes, we would need to repent before God because we didn't know. But to many of the pastors and leaders, many of them do know. They do. Know. But it would but it would cost them now too much to turn that thing around and to say, well, you know, for so many years this has been really this, but because it's what I've always done, it's what I've always been taught, it's been a tradition in my family. I just brought this right along and I did it the way I've always done it. But God is going to hold the pastor accountable, but he's also going to hold the sheep accountable because he tell us to search the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So we can't always just hold on to what our pastors and leaders are telling us on the pulpit without going back and checking to see if what they're speaking to us or telling to us, preaching to us, teaching to us, declaring to us whether or not it is of a truth. Yeah. It is our responsibility because we are responsible for our own salvation. We are supposed to have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And one thing I do know about him is that he's going to lead you into truth. He said, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. So to hunger and thirst for righteousness is to hunger and thirst for him. It's to know and to understand what is right in God's eyes, to prove that which is right, that which is good, that which is acceptable in his sight. Is that our desire today or is our desire to just continue to do what we've always done, which is hold fast to man's tradition, keep man's tradition, ignore the commandments of God. Mm. And we're also guilty of that. But it's time. It's time to make that change. Definitely. Today is the day for salvation. Mm -hmm. He says, harden not your heart in the day of, in the day of provocation when God is warning us and he's letting us know he's telling us wow i mean and we still have i still have another name that this god is is also known by in another culture which is ishtar which means that she is called the queen of heaven by the people of ancient mesopotamia which is now modern iraq and this was the most important female deity in their pantheon a multifaceted goddess ishtar takes three paramount forms she is the goddess of love and sexuality and thus fertility which 
if you know uh, when they're talking about the Easter eggs and the Easter then the bunnies, that's what they're talking about. The fertility or the rebirth is what the eggs are supposed to represent. A rebirth. It says here she is the goddess of love and sexuality and thus fertility. She is responsible for all life, but she is never a mother goddess. As the goddess of war, she is often shown winged. She has wings and bearing arms. Now, keep in mind, everything that we're reading and all this information that we have, I'll make sure I put these resources down in the description box. So when you listen to the episode and you go and look at the description box, you'll be able to see where we got this information from and search it out yourself. You don't have to take our word for it. God's word is God's word. Exodus 20 verses 1 through 5, Acts chapter 12 verses 1 through 4. You can go and do all of this research yourself. We are just messengers of what God have shown us. And we feel and believe that God put it on our heart to share this information with you as a believer in Christ. And we ask you that if you believe that this is God showing you something that you did not know and were not aware of that you were partaking in to share this information with your family, with those that are close to you that believe and live for Christ, even those that may not live for Christ and don't realize that they're worshiping or honoring or paying homage to a false God. God told us that he will have no other gods before him. So if he says that, then why are we partaking in this? Some of us didn't know, but some of us knew about this and did not share this information with our brothers and sisters. We just allowed them to continue to partake in this and didn't say a word. So we're going to show you some other things and give you some other information as well that we came across because I do remember coming across an article that I was reading. Now in this article that I was reading, it says, and it talks about in back in uh, AD or, or 595 AD, there was a Pope named Pope Gregory who sent some monks, I think it was about 40, 40 monks he sent off and they were supposed to be led by another, uh, a Benedictine or somebody that was called Augustine. And in him doing this, he sent them on a mission to England to instruct or with instructions rather to convert pagan inhabitants to Christianity. And in him sending them off to do this, he advised them to allow the outward forms of the old heathen festivals and beliefs to remain intact. So however they worship their God, however they honored their God, however they served their God, leave that intact. Don't mess with that. But wherever you see fit to superimpose or impose Christianity beliefs or Christian ceremonies or Christian beliefs and philosophies, put that in there. But don't mess with how they already do things. So you already see how this 
have become intertwined with Easter. And also a great deception. That's how the enemy works. By deception. God tells us to be aware of Satan devices. And if we're just moseying along through our life as Christians and not paying attention to things that God is showing us, we will miss it every time. And this is something that a lot of believers have missed for years, centuries, decades. How you say it, this is something that we have missed for a long time. And it just been passing down from generation to generation. So we have been serving Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and giving honor also to a false God at the same time, unknowingly not aware of it. And it's been passed down from generation to generation. Now, I would say this should have you in a place to where you want to go somewhere and repent because it did my wife and myself. Amen. After we read this information and found this information out, because again, we have partaken in Easter before ourselves. We have partaken in this unknowingly, but we came to a point in our life to where we did not participate in Easter anymore. Not knowing all of the information that we're finding out now, but to us, it just didn't sit right with us saying that we're giving reverence to God on resurrection day, but then there's an Easter bunny involved with laying eggs. And we know that bunnies don't lay eggs. Chickens lay eggs, but bunnies don't lay eggs. We made a decision, a conscious decision that we weren't going to participate in this holiday anymore. Now there's some more information and lady T you want to read it. The next And then we also have a scripture similar to many other Christian holidays during the Middle Ages, the church adopted some customs from pagan religions to make the church more inviting and bridge the space between the two worlds. Whenever we celebrate anything that doesn't have a direct correlation to scripture, we do have to exercise caution. This is like a warning or uh, eye-opening episode that we're doing and that we're putting out to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray that God will open your eyes, that you would see what God showed us during our studies and our research of this. Now, we're going to read this other scripture here. It's in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 13, 23 through 23. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not the way of the evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words 
Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all of their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. So this is just God warning us, enlightening us, letting us know that we need to be very careful, very careful about what we're participating in. And also at this point, go into anything wondering if you are partaking in or honoring a false God unknowingly. We would like to thank you for listening to our episode today. If this episode has touched you, we would ask that you please share it with someone that they may also come to listen to this episode as well to find out this information. But if you have any questions, you can email us at ambassadorsvoice 549 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Ambassador's Voice. You can also follow us on Twitter at Ambassadors VOI, the number one. So until next time, God bless you and be blessed in Jesus' name.